This all started in museums and galleries. Now it's in classrooms, in country towns. This should not be here. It's a human being in a box. This is the stuff of empires. There is a great betrayal. We're not slaves, we're African. It's the stuff the British stole. I just don't believe that. It just does not stand up. From ABC Australia and CBC Podcasts, six brand new podcast episodes for free worldwide, available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. A warning, this next story contains distressing details about missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. We should never have been through this. We shouldn't be fighting to find our our women, to bring them home. We shouldn't be begging every day. This is our women. There's no reason for them to be in that landfill. Why can't you go and look right away? What's wrong with our government? If we weren't First Nation people, I'm pretty damn sure they'd be looking real quick. I say it all the time. If we were white, they would be looking. That's Donna Bartlett, and the women she wants to bring home are her granddaughter, Mercedes Myron, and another woman, Morgan Harris. Both were murdered, and investigators believe their bodies are buried in the prairie green landfill north of Winnipeg. Calls to search that landfill have been debated, while the idea of a search was at first dismissed. Manitoba's new NDP government has committed to starting the search sometime this year. Nahani Fontaine is the Minister of Families, Accessibility and Gender Equity in Manitoba. Minister, good morning. Good morning. When you hear Donna Bartlett say that racism is the reason that this landfill search hasn't happened, that if those women were white, they would be looking. Is she wrong? Uh, No, I think she's 100% right. And I believe that uh, if you were to ask, you know, anyone in our community, that would be the the same uh, sentiment and same response. And I think it's important to, to recognize that this past election, you know, October of 2023, you know, we had the former government, a, a current PC party, that chose to design their whole provincial election campaign um, off the murders of Indigenous women by a serial killer who were dumped in, in a landfill. If that is not the quintessential example of how devalued Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirited are, and how that is founded and predicated upon uh, racism. Uh, I don't know what is. The morning after the election, I spoke with the new premier, and Mm -hmm. he committed that this search would happen. When will the search begin? We are uh, just in the process right now of uh, reviewing uh, the Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs proposal. We're working uh, with families. We're looking forward to meeting with them. I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks, I'm kind of playing telephone tag uh, with some of them right now. But I think that ultimately it has been explicitly clear that the Premier um, and our government are committed to searching the landfill. It will happen. Do we know when it will happen, though? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, we're still working out uh, some of those details. It's actually a very uh, complicated search. Mm. A lot of uh, partners and a lot of logistics to map out. Um, but I know that the Premier and myself are hoping sooner than later. First Nations leaders say that that having to wait as long as they have to search this landfill is inhumane to the families of these women and that any further delays are unacceptable. What do you say to them about why this search can't begin right now? Um, 
you know, look, first off, let me just say that I I understand and can appreciate how this is like a form of torture in many respects to wait uh, for your loved ones. And we are going um, as fast as we can. And, you know, we don't want to, particularly as indigenous politicians, like we, we understand it. We, we are not separate from what the community uh, experiences or has experienced. And yet there are members of that community who say th- th- that they don't see the urgency. I mean, Cambria Harris, the daughter of Morgan Harris, has filed a human rights complaint against your government for failing to allocate resources for the landfill searches. Yeah, and I think that the human rights complaint is predominantly about the former government. And again, the the only thing that I can do, particularly as an Indigenous woman and someone that's worked on this file for almost 25 years, is give my assurances uh, and alongside the Premier, our commitment to searching. It, it will get done. That report from the Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs and ISN Moskwa said amongst other things, that if this is not done, if, if there is not um, immediate funding, that, that gaps aren't closed in bureaucratic systems, if it is not done, the search will be held off indefinitely. Is that a risk that this could be, that this could be no. held off indefinitely? No, that's, no that's, not, uh, that's not even anywhere close to being a reality. Our premier has made it explicitly clear time and time again, not only to the public and to the citizens that elected us, but the premiers made it clear to the family. We met with the families and the premier opened that relationship first off with an apology and second off with a pipe ceremony. That is sacred work. That's a sacred commitment. And that search will will happen. There's a man who is facing first-degree murder charges for these two deaths and also for the deaths of two other women, Rebecca Contois and a woman whose body is yet to be identified, um, but the community has named her Buffalo Woman. His trial is set to begin in April. He's pled not guilty. When it comes to timing, is your sense that families will have a timeline? This is going to be an incredibly difficult moment when this trial begins. Is your sense that families will have a timeline for the search before then? Uh, Again, we're hopeful that we're going to be meeting with the family in the next couple of weeks, and we'll have a plan uh, to present to the families. Um, We want to work with the families and honor the families, but more importantly, honor the women um, that were thought of uh, so little in their lives, uh, that this is their final resting place. And that is our main motivation uh, for doing this and making sure that it's done in a good way and in an expedited way. That report talked about some of the, and you've hinted at this, some of the the specifics in terms of what this search would look like. And one of the things that's raised, and this was raised by the previous government as well, is the dangers of this search, that within this landfill could be asbestos that would be perhaps released into the air. This could be a major health hazard. How are you going to go about mitigating those risks? The folks that are kind of partnered in this path to searching have said that it can be done in a good and safe way. And so that's what we're looking towards, that everybody that works on this is safe, uh, but then, you know, that it th- those risks can be mitigated. Is money at all a consideration in this in terms of th- this will cost money as well? And it seems it, it, to some people crass and offensive to talk about money, but at the same time, th- this is 
part of, of that larger conversation around how this will unfold. When you're thinking about the cost of a search like this, how are you, how are you evaluating that? I think that, you know, at the end of the day, what our government wants, what our premier and myself, alongside, you know, the rest of our cabinet and our caucus, which has the most Indigenous representation ever elected to any uh, parliament or legislature, want to do this work in a good way and want to make families whole. And that is our main motivation. When you say in a good way, what does that mean to you? And I just wonder, I mean, again, talking about the cabinet and your own background, whether you feel additional pressure to meet that mark. No, not necessarily. I think that, you know, everybody, you know, let me just say this, is that those women, those sacred women that are lying in a landfill, again, who were thought so less of um, during their lives and then during this last political campaign, ultimately, they were the ones that helped change government. They were the ones that Manitobans rallied around and supported and rejected the politics of racism on the backs of Indigenous women. And so this is a collective response to such a horrific uh, situation. And so we all feel it. All of us want to do this in a good way and make families whole. Uh, and those women deserve to be made whole. How much of the delay... And, and debate around this search, do you think is indicative of a larger issue um, within our political system, but broadly within this country, about how to tackle the violence towards Indigenous women and girls? You know, it, there it's no secret, and, and most of the uh, public understands that there is an, um, a level of a systemic violence that's perpetrated against the bodies of Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirited across, you know, the country from coast to coast to coast. And, you know, Manitoba, in many respects, is ground zero, Manitoba and BC. And we are doing the work to be able to prioritize the protection of Indigenous women and girls and look at prevention. You know, I we, we need to be looking at work that prevents any more missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, and that's what our government is committed to. And again, I, I would say, and I would submit to you, and I've been doing this work for a long time, mm -hmm. 25 years, and, you know, when I started doing this work to where we are now, we have seen a significant shift among the population, among Canadians who understand that this is an issue. And that's important because it's Canadians who elect the politicians who then have the legislation and hold the purse strings. And so coupled with that, I think it's really important to elect governments that are committed to tackling the issue of missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls and two-spirited. That's important, it, particularly as we're moving into a federal election right now. You know, elect, elect those representatives that actually see Indigenous women as human beings, as sacred, and as valued, and that are willing to put their money where their mouth is. Can I just ask you finally, I mean, you're a politician. You've been doing this work for a long time. You talk about human beings. You're a human being as well. And I just wonder, what's it been like for you to watch the story of, of the search in this landfill unfold the way it has over the past few years? Yeah. 
I, you know, as an Indigenous woman, I'll be completely honest, to see the way that this unfolded it, from the very beginning of when he preyed upon these women, it is enraging. It's enraging to see the way that Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirited are so devalued and are considered disposable. You know, I look, I go to vigil and memorials and all of these things, and I always look at the little, the young ones, the little girls, and I always think, like, I'm hoping that this stops, that those little girls are not the next ones to go missing and murdered. And so folks like myself and Sandra Delaron and Minister Smith, it is our sacred responsibility to do this work and to fight as hard as we can for that next generation. That's a heavy weight to carry. I mean, I can hear it in your voice. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. But I've been put in this path, and and it really is what I care about the most, and it is about protecting Indigenous women, girls, and Two-Spirit. And I will do that for as long as I'm in this role and for as long as there's a breath in me. Nahane Fontaine, I'm really grateful to have the chance to talk to you. Thank you very much. Miigwech. Nahane Fontaine is the Minister of Families, Accessibility, and Gender Equity in Manitoba. The past is shrouded in mystery. To understand it, you have to get up close. Something happened to our collective psyche after the atom bomb. On NPR's Throughline, we reopen stories from the past to find clues to the present. Find Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Sandra Delaron, longtime advocate for missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls and their families. She's also a lecturer at the University of Winnipeg on the 231 calls for justice that came out of the final missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls inquiry report in 2019. Sandra is also in our Winnipeg studio. Sandra, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. What were you hoping to see from this new NDP government when it came to taking action on that landfill search? I think we're seeing it. You know, there was a a really difficult time through the election process where the family members and all of our community were confronted with billboards saying if they were elected, if the conservatives were elected, they weren't going to dig, like even using that term. And so having to see that every day was very disconcerting for all of us. It's unfortunate that our lives as Indigenous women, girls and our gender-diverse relatives, have to be a political issue. Do you mind me asking, you mentioned those billboards during the election. What was the message that those billboards saying, you know, we won't do the search, that we'll, I think it's that they'll hold firm on not doing the search and what have you. And he said that they wouldn't use the word dig, that they weren't going to dig uh, uh, in that landfill. What was the message do you think that it sent to Indigenous women and girls living in, in the province? It sent a message that we didn't matter to this government. That's what, that's what you think that the message was, plain and Absolutely. simply? Absolutely, yeah. plain and simply. And what it also meant to serial killers or individuals that had no value for our lives, it meant that they could go ahead and continue to take our, our 
women and girls and gender diverse people and dispose of them without any consequence. And that report from the Assembly of Manitoba chiefs hinted at that, saying that that if this search doesn't occur as soon as possible, there could be a precedent that would-be serial killers fixated, this is from the report, fixated on killing First Nations women are left the impression that that inaction isn't going to be followed up with action, that, that, that this could leave them free and clear in some ways. Oh, for sure. That's the message that it sent. That's the message since the report of the AJI in 1999 and every report since then that has fallen on deaf ears with no action. So, of course, those that take the lives of our loved ones think that they can get away with it because they have gotten away with it year after year, generation after generation. So now is the time to create that change. And fortunately, in Manitoba, we have a government that are our family, that have fought and raised their voices alongside of each of us for change. And now they're in a place where they can create change. Does that change how people see government when they see themselves in that government? Absolutely. And we see it uh, in the eyes and the hearts of the young children who see themselves in the ministers, that see themselves in the decision makers. In the premier. In the premier. And that makes a difference. You're working with a government committee on setting up a red dress alert. The alert would work like an amber alert, is that right? It could work like an amber alert. The system is in place, or it could happen differently. You know, the What has to happen differently is that there has to be family members and community involved in determining when an alert goes forward. That is very clear. And this would be if if somebody from the community were to go missing, that this would allow resources to be mobilized in in an expeditious way. Right. It's not just uh, calling for an alert to say that someone's missing. It's also providing resources and support to family And once the individual has been found, providing wraparound supports for Mm. that individual as well. You, like the minister, have been doing this work for a long time. And there's a weight to this work that you carry. and, and, And that weight can be really heavy as well. With that on your shoulders, on your back, um, what is it that keeps you going? What, what is it that keeps you fighting as an advocate? Mm. Well, you know, I've been at this a long time, and I have seen change. I've seen positive change, and I've seen negative change. But holding my hope on the positive change that has occurred um, and love, you know, we love our families, and we love our communities, and they love us, and that's what keeps us going. Do you mind me asking who you were thinking of or what you were thinking of when you when you paused before you answered? Um, well, I think of my my um my grandchildren. You know, I often I never took my daughter to uh vigils or marches because I was Because those that, while we have community support, there are also predators that attend those events. So, um, you know, I want to be able to take the little ones to places with community where they can celebrate 
our strengths and not worry about, you know, getting taken. And you want to create that better world for them. Absolutely. Thanks for the work that you're doing, and thanks for telling us about it. Thank you. Take care. You too. Sandra Delarand is a longtime advocate for missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and their families. She's in Winnipeg. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.